who let you guys in here? Hey, while you're here, how about you stay and listen to another episode of our Passion for Wrestling podcast? Today we have myself, Sluglord, my best friend, anarchist, Robbie Sekots, man of a thousand four holds, finally joining us, <laughs> and also Shockmaster. Now, Shockmaster, is it the size of the boat or is it the motion in the ocean? Um, size of the boat? Ooh, <laughs> saucy. I like it. Robbie Sets, since our last podcast, you advertised that sensual love of yours. How's that love life been treating you, bud? Uh, the same as it was last week. You know, I'm still looking, but... Uh... We'll see how things go, I guess. I mean, so in other words, drier than Gandhi's flip-flop. <laughs> Pretty much, <Man>. yeah. <laughs> let's, try to, let's try to turn that frown upside down. Man of a thousand four holds, how are you doing today? Very good, man. Very it good. doesn't matter how you're doing today! You sit your ass down, you goddamn jabroni! This ain't your time, you're the new guy! Do you know what? <laughs> you know what? You just made the list. <laughs> and now, on hiatus from last week, but finally back, my BFF, best fucking friend forever, O.C. O.C. Yo. What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, I'm right. You okay? That week off, I've never seen hair bounce back that quick your hair was a mess last time now dear god you could be you could be chiseled out of freaking marble by the greeks <laughs> well that's some low quality marble then isn't it <laughs> don't you sell yourself short friend and don't you sell this episode short of the p4w podcast on this episode of said podcast you can expect some talk about bullet club drama Speaking of drama, little Michael Elgin, New Japan talk. They're a little down, they're a down under on a tour as we speak, and things are getting a little wild. Also, Raw and SmackDown combining, and a superstar shakeup in the future possibly. And also, speaking of WWE, what is going on with Big Cass? When can we expect him back? All of this and more on this episode of the P4W podcast. But before we get to all that action, guys, we have another new sponsor this week. Do we? Who's that? Hey. I mean, I. I, hear I, I better get. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because it, it is one that is near and dear to my crotch. You are correct. <laughs> and this is a new health clinic opened up by our very own Kane, the devil's favorite demon. For when it burns like hell, and it doesn't have to, okay? Go see Dr. Kane, and he'll take care of that candy cane of yours. Because if it's red and white, hey, it's time to see him. <laughs> now, leading off the podcast today, guys, I want to chat a little bit about Bullet Club. Can I talk about Bullet Club for a second? Yes. There has been so much drama involved with this group lately, and it's led to some of the most exciting and more highly anticipated storylines in wrestling, if I'm going to be honest. Every time a new Being the Elite comes out, I'm looking to see what's happening with the group. It's tearing Marty apart. It's tearing the group apart, literally. We have Kenny taking the Bucks and Marty with him, and Cody seemingly siding with Hangman, and the drug-free Bullet Club Bears. Cody tried to get everybody on the same page at the end of a recent event down under in front of the crowd. And as we saw, the Bucks and Marty rejected the offer, took off the Bullet Club as fine t-shirts, left them in the ring, and left Cody, Hangman, and the, bull the drug-free bear by themselves in the ring, just leading to much speculation. Bullet Club clearly isn't fine, even though we saw later on in the tour Kenny Omega showed up and tag-teamed with them once again. And it's the first time, I believe, that we've seen it since the big shake-up at, uh, I'm forgetting what the New Japan pay-per-view was called, but when him and Cody finally met head-to-head -head 
and he received the cross uh, crossroads from him. So I have no idea what's going to happen here. Uh, it seems evident that the group is going to split up at some point. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Marty's teaming with Kenny and the Bucks. It seems in recent videos that he's been leaning more towards Cody. But, uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the future. What do you guys think? Is this something that's piquing your guys' interest as well? Or is this? am I alone in this? Uh, I'd like to see where this goes. It's been quite interesting to see who's sort of alliance up with who. Um, you know, Marty's been a bit 50-50 between the two of them, but it's not so really bad. clear. He, he, he seems to be emotionally struggling with the entire situation. Um, but it's leading to some wonderful musical numbers, it must be said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm downloading those MP3s. They're, <laughs> you know, well worth a listen, but... Okay. I thought it was quite interesting. Did anyone see Tanatonga's sort of little promo um, on New Japan Pro Wrestling? It was, it was sort of in the interview area where he's going on about yeah. how he didn't think that, you know, he was going on about how he doesn't have, he doesn't follow who's trying to take charge at the minute. You know, he doesn't have him as his backing and all this. And then I think it was in the last few days, Tanatonga and Tonga Rao. Tonga Lau, whatever you want to call him, they've both ended up raising Kenny Omega's arms, um, following him taking the win, at which point, in that match, he'd actually used the crossroads on his opponent. So, it's interesting to see which direction they're going, because they've, they're like OG Bullet Club. Um, I've always thought that they should be a lot more heavily involved in the Bullet Club in terms of the direction that they're going and the leadership roles. So, it's, it's nice to see them sort of popping up a bit more at the minute. But, yeah, the way things are going, it's just difficult to say who's with who. Um, you just don't know who's, who's, who's got who's backing, really. Well, I think um, from the, the basis of the Australia shows, uh, both Australia shows uh, had Kenny Omega teaming with major members of the Bullet Club. So on the first, so last night, I think in Melbourne, he teamed with Tangaroa and Tamatonga. Uh, to the Gorillas of Destiny, and last night he in Sydney he teamed with uh, the Gorillas of Destiny again, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Falay, and cut a promo at the end, um, saying basically saying my side of Bullet Club is fine. Um, so obviously there's kind of been this split really where there's Bullet Club America and Bullet Club Japan. Um, since kind of Adam Cole was around, really they had like Bullet Club Japan with uh, Bullet Club America with the Bucks um, and Adam Cole. Uh, and Adam Cole left, um, and then Cody kind of replaced him in that role. And now it kind of uh, it did seem when I saw Tamatonga's promo that uh, he was siding with neither of them, and I thought they would break off into their own stuff action. You know, mm. Fale, um, Tamatonga, Roa, uh, to, to Leo, and Takahashi. <clears throat> but since then, obviously in Australia, it seems that they're siding now with Kenny Omega. Um, obviously, I think the Bucks would would be as well. Um, and then Marty's kind of torn up in the middle, so it could potentially leave Cody Rhodes, even though he effectively kicked Cody, uh, Kenny Omega out of Bullet Club, he really hasn't, because it more like looks like he's kind of extradited himself, really, because mm, the rest yeah. of Bullet Club is still standing behind Kenny Omega. Um, so it is, uh, yeah, it, it's fascinating to see what happens, because it, it kind of looked to start with that there were going to be three sub-factions going in, um, Mar maybe Marty, Page, and Cody, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi, and then the Kate, uh, Bullet Club OGs, or the Samoans. Um, whereas now it genuinely looks like everyone's still behind Kenny, except Cody and Page. Um, so it's fascinating to see where it's going to go, really. It's probably the most compelling storyline in wrestling, I would personally say. Um, I find myself counting down the days to New Japan shows now to see what's going to happen. Um, on a rise, it looks... still have their match against each other. Yeah, that's uh, obviously uh, um, ROH um, in the summer, I believe. Or no, not the summer. It's on WrestleMania weekend, isn't it? That's when oh, they yeah. face off. And before oh. then, it's on a rising in New Japan where um, Kenny and Kota Ibushi will take on um, Cody and Marty Skrull, which will be interesting because obviously Marty worked, walked out on Cody. Um, yep. And then the next night, it's um, uh, Marty, Page and Cody versus uh, Kenny... Ibushi and Chase Owens, 
So it's kind of strange. It's kind of like in five of the six members of that tag team match are all in the Bullet Club. So is it Bullet Club versus Bullet Club? Where does Kota Ibushi stand? Um, but yeah, it's easily the most compelling storyline going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Typical Bullet Club, though. They've managed to turn it into a merchandise opportunity, haven't they? Bullet Club yeah. is fine T-shirts. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But there's there's definitely all kinds of drama surrounding the Bullet Club, but not only just surrounding Bullet Club, but another... Uh, really popular New Japan star as well. And Shaka, I think you have more information on uh, Michael Elgin. Yeah, so um, Michael, there was a bit of controversy this weekend. Michael uh, Elgin um, made an unscheduled appearance at an American indie show. Uh, The same indie promotion pulled him off of a show in December after allegations were made about sexual harassment that he was trying to cover up. I believe one of his trainers at his training school sexually harassed a girl um, who turned out to be Michael Elgin was cheating on his wife with. Um, and so the story goes, and she's put it all over Twitter. Uh, Michael Elgin was pulled from nearly every American indie promotion, um, oddly enough, still gaining a new New Japan contract. Um, he also um, slagged off his partner, Jeff Cobb, which he apologised for. Um, this woman basically... Put, blasted all of the text messages over the internet on Twitter. He's now suing her for defamation of character, um, and he then made an unscheduled appearance at a promotion which said that they wouldn't book him until it had been resolved. Um, it turned out that the reason that he was booked was because he managed to get Tetsuya Naito to appear at this promotion on uh, on Saturday, and so the promoter felt like they owed it to him. Um, a lot of fans were seen turning their back to the show and chanting F.U. Elgin uh, throughout his match. Um, they were then encouraged during the interval to tweet how good the show was on Twitter, and it got hijacked by... Uh, multiple slagging off of the Elgin match. Um, the promotion has apologised, um, but I was just wondering what you guys think. It's quite a strange one because everyone in America seems to hate this bloke, but in New Japan they're still giving him, they've given him a new two-year deal, whereas in America they seem to be every promotion is it's guilty until innocent, whereas New Japan seems to be sticking by him. There's very different communities, isn't it? Japan and America have got very different communities. America is a country that doesn't mind speaking its mind. Um, so when an allegation like this comes out, it's very much let's essentially prove him guilty on social media to the point where he crumbles and decides to no longer pursue his career. Whereas Japan is a bit more tolerant, I suppose, is the word. Yeah. Um, where actually if there is no actual charge then you know business as usual um i mean i'm not too familiar with michael Rogan and what's going on with him at the minute I, I think it's sad that there seems to be more and more of this going on more and more of this is coming out i mean enzo amore not too long ago and now michael Elgin. um and there's always been a bit of a I don't know, a bit of a black spot in the wrestling industry for things like this happening, rumours of Pat Patterson, and, you know, there's a whole load of things going on in the background, um, which are only rumours that seem to surface, but there's a lot of it that goes on. It's just sad to see such a history of this, and it's just something that doesn't seem to be ever stopping. It's, It's something that's still going on even to today, so... It's sad, but, you know, if, if he is guilty of what he's been accused of, then take him off. He shouldn't be shouldn't be wrestling. It looks very unlikely that he's going to be innocent, completely honestly, because, I mean, obviously, like you said, it is being made guilty on social media, so it isn't fair to make these like allegations, although it does seem that he is suing her for defamation, whereas she wasn't actually going to take it any further. She believed the police wouldn't do anything. But he has, she has... Everything she has said, in fairness to her, she has backed it up with a text message or something that Michael Elgin, they are Michael Elgin. He's already admitted that they were him. Um, So it does seem very unlikely that he, they are lies. Um, And as such, it just seems quite strange that, um, I mean, I don't know how it works for uh, foreign workers, but if he was to be found guilty of anything, surely that would invalidate his visa to work in Japan, you'd think. You would have thought so. Uh, he's, got, he's got a new contract, so yeah. But a new contract is, you know, on on the basis of a visa being 
in force yeah. and valid, isn't it? I suppose that that contract becomes null and void as soon as he's uneligible to work. So if something changes, see you later. It'd be quite interesting to see if New Japan book him on the um, American tour, definitely. Because um, obviously, it, it, yeah, he they'll get away with it in Japan because, as you said, none of the fans will react. Mm. But when they do the tour of uh, the next uh, next special they've got coming up, it'd be interesting to see if they actually book him on it. Yeah. That uh, yeah. it's it really is an unfortunate situation, and it's one that everybody should just wait for all the facts to play out and wait for the whole court process to play out before we kind of make any judgment. Mm. Uh, I know in this day and age, it's easy to just jump to conclusions and whatnot, but you really should give people the benefit of the doubt because if you were ever put in that situation. Uh, I'm sure you would want want the same to be done for you. So it does seem to be the American wrestling policy at the moment, which is guilty until innocent. I mean, Enzo Mori is another prime example where and um and it was Ryback recently said in his podcast that the reason Enzo wouldn't have told like WWE is saying the reason they sacked him is because he didn't tell him. Um, whereas Ryback said, regardless of that, if they if he told them, his career would have been over anyway. Like you look at Rich Swan, I know. That it's kind of up in the air. It's up to you know what people's opinions, but technically the charges were dropped, and he still came to mutual release, which I believe was probably more WWE saying, you know, you're not going to be booked anymore, kind of thing. Take, take your release while you can get it and leave mutually. Um, so you know, people like him, Enzo More, uh, and for instance Michael Elgin, it's all very much a case of being proved guilty on social media as opposed to being proved guilty in a court before a wrestling industry will turn their back on you. Yeah. So like the the term like uh, mutually agreed release basically is uh, jump before you're pushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's I believe yeah. that's. Yeah. He sort of saves face by saying like you know Rich Swan was never fired from WWE. Yeah, but I mean exactly. that's that's the assumption. I mean, there's always uh, a possibility that Rich Swan has said, you know, after everything and the bad publicity, I I just don't want to be seen on WWE television anymore. There's there's a possibility that that's a conversation uh, yeah. that's taken place. It's unlikely. I see. But yeah. nobody that knows. Very unlikely for a wrestler. It's it's yeah. unlikely, but nobody knows really what's gone on with the conversation. So you know, mutually agreed to leave could mean a number of things, but ultimately the likely One story the sides, here yeah. is. Yeah, I think WWE has a very strict policy because obviously they love this independent contractor term, which means basically if anything goes wrong, we can leave you high and dry and and there's no qualms on the business. Um, I highly doubt Rich One got any support uh, from lawyers or anything from the WWE and it would all be off his own back. Mm. Unless your name's Stone Cold or Pat Patterson or Or John Cena. Raise a Ramon and you need rehab again, or yeah, again, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But uh, either way, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and how different promotions treat the situation. Uh, but another promotion with a bunch of different situations developing of their own, uh, more good situations, in fact, is uh, WWE with some talk about. Combining or not even talk, but uh, confirmed talk that they are going to be combining brands for pay-per-views moving forward, and uh, plenty more news out of WWE. And I'm sure I think OC has more on that. I believe. Yeah. So it's recently come out that following WrestleMania, all pay-per-views will be joint branded. I think this is a really good move for WWE because they've had some real difficulty in getting ticket sales for the pay-per-views for the last 12 to 24 months. Um, This sort of thing is going to give pay-per-views enough of a bill to perhaps push ticket sales. So I definitely think it's the right move. Um, There's also talk about them reducing the amount of pay-per-views for the year. So with there being... um, Finally, yeah, there's been so many over the last 12 months, but the reason for that is because they're both individually branded, aren't they? So they're trying to get as many pay-per-views out for both brands to make sure that people are following what's going on, the storylines, and getting the ticket sales. 
finally they've taken the hint, actually that's not going to be a beneficial move for them, and the right thing to do is to make them joint-branded again. So following WrestleMania, we will see that. There's also talk of, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit further down the line, but um, of a potential superstar shake-up come May, around backlash time. So not only will we see a better bill for the pay-per-views, but we're going to see uh, a more combination of matches for the last sort of 12 months with the rosters sticking the way that they are. We're seeing a lot of similar matches happen again and again and again. So this yeah. will give it a little bit of a refresh and a little bit of a boost to actually draw the crowd in again. What What do you guys think? Uh, so I guess one thing I'm looking forward to with this potential superstar shakeup is uh, hopefully there'll be some call-ups as well. I think there's a few people down in NXT who do deserve to make the jump up. Um, hopefully Sanity. Hopefully Authors of Pain. Um, I mean, the Raw Tag Team division at the moment is in shambles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you have two people who at one point were mid-carders in Sheamus and Cesaro, who are now your best tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, they've been in a feud with Ambrose and Rollins, who are two of your, two of your main eventers. So your tag team title scene was consisted of two, like, uh, made-together tag teams of single stars. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not a solid, uh, well, the, the bar is now a solid tag team. But apart from the revival, you haven't really got a tag team but on Raw. The thing is, with the bar is, well how much longer have the bar got with Sheamus's neck injury? Because, yeah, point. you know, there's a big that's risk here that Sheamus is going to have to retire in the coming months because of the severity yeah. of his neck injury. You know, that, that brings the bar to an end. So, again, there's and another tag team down. And yeah, and it's like yeah, I mentioned, Javis, that they've they've got the revival, but they have done so little with them that I, I know they've been injured and things, but they haven't been made to be a big deal. They're not credible contenders. They're, they've their form from since they've gone up to NXT is completely depleted. Um, yes. But like they've said, not had the chance to do anything with them, have they? Because as soon as they start a storyline, they get injured. Yeah. and they go off for a number yeah, there, of months. There, there is Come that. Back. You can't. Yeah, you can't give it all. Uh, to WWE poorly, poor creative, but they haven't, as you mentioned, uh, done anything with the tag team division at all. No. I mean, like, like you said, they had Rollins and Ambrose thrown together, and then as soon as uh, Ambrose was injured, they just replaced them with jo- Jason Jordan and had them win the titles again. But unfortunately, um, this isn't um, a one-off story for WWE creative, especially on the Raw team, because last year, beginning of last year, we saw exactly the same thing with the New Day. So this isn't a one, you know, a one-off. No. It's happened again and again and again. Creative are really struggling to utilise the tag division at the minute, and they really need to yeah. shake things up. And until they do, this is going to go on, on and on and on, and it's just yeah. going to cause the tag division to absolutely plummet, even lower than it is at the minute. Yeah. Well, as you said about the, the, the dual, uh, the the, the dual pay and the safe shaper done shake up will hopefully mix a lot of matches up and and allow for allow for the mid-carders to kind of move across. For instance, you know, as you mentioned, Seth Rollins languishing kind of in the tag division when he was a main event. I think he's someone that's been spoken about going to SmackDown, and I think that would massively help him maybe a heel turn again um, and a good feud with AJ. Uh, Things like that kind of get your, you know, get you thinking that it's a good thing coming. Um, The pay-per-view thing is the best thing they could ever done because... That there was so many mediocre pay-per-views. They were there was more bad than good on every pay-per-view last year, and and then it made you not be as, as excited for things like SummerSlam, which is always a good pay-per-view. But because you've watched so much crap for months, you're not that yeah. excited for it. Mm, and and yeah. uh, and and it's been oversaturated. I can't. I think I don't know how many pay-per-views there were last year, but it must have been eighteen, um, around eighteen. I think there was more pay-per-views yeah. than there were months. So yeah, there was sixteen pay-per-views. Yeah, roughly. So it's, um, yeah, roughly. It, it was so it's oversaturated massively um, because the thing is the, when the Attitude Era had pay-per-views, you cared about the cards top to bottom, uh, regardless yeah. of the in in-ring action. But now 
they don't give you enough investment into the bottom characters. So then they're doing a SmackDown pay-per-view and they're throwing together three or four matches of the card that have got one week of build. Like, you don't ever see the fashion uh, fashion police on SmackDown. They're doing a backstage segment, but every pay-per-view they come out and have a squash match. And you're meant to yeah. care about this. And it's like, it's just, there's nothing to care about. Well, just to give you some context... Um... 2013 had 12 pay-per-views, 14 had 12 pay-per-views, 15 had 13 pay-per-views, 2016 had 15, 2017 had 16, and 2018 has currently got 11 confirmed. So, you know, that's that's less than the usual 12 that we would expect. I'm sure they will announce more down the line, but 15 and 16 is just way too many for the year because, you know, people first of all, can't afford to watch more than one pay-per-view per month when you're buying them every month. Oh, 999. 999 yeah, on the, network, the WWE network. network, but that's not the only way you can get your pay-per-views, is it? You can get your pay-per-views oh, through Sky as well, for example. In fairness, OC, uh, you, you, you still can buy pay-per-views through Sky at £15 a pay-per-view. Exactly. If you're paying £15 a pay-per-view and you're not getting the WWE network for 999 a month, there are mental problems you must have. Absolutely, absolutely. But you can for people who don't have internet, bit of a strange one in this day and age... <laughs> You know, they, they do rely on their usual tally pay-per-views, but, you know, that is an expensive year when you've got 15, 16 pay-per-views. Um, yeah. You know, it's a lot of money. Um, and not worth it. And, and not worth well. it with the quality. So, yeah, Number, glorified episodes of SmackDown, really, the SmackDown pay-per-views. Mm. Number yeah, of pay-per-views is... Go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, other than Money in a Bank, none of them really stood out. Survivor Series, and that was a joint one. Um yeah, I'm just looking at the list now. They had like they put random ones in. Great Balls of Fire. What yeah, was that? I can't even remember the. That's already been cancelled. That's uh, uh, that Joe versus Lesnar. That sounds like yeah. something you need to go to Kane's sexual health clinic about. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just not that's not a pay per view, is it? I mean, let's hey, hey, uh, hey. Take a number again, brother. Great Balls of Fire has been cancelled. Oh, um, so that time, is one really. that's been removed. The other one was No Mercy. Uh, uh, Vince seems to really hate the name No Mercy. Is every time there's ever a pay per view scat cancelled, it's always No Mercy. Mm. I think it's been cancelled and brought back three times now. Yeah, like great. Going back to Great Balls of Fire. One terrible name. Two, mm-hmm. they literally made the logo look like a penis. Yep, they uh, really did. Yeah, and and the promo where they had all the wrestlers singing Great Balls of Fire was the oh, cringiest thing, cringiest promo for a pay per view ever. However, it did give me one of the best moments on Talking Smack when Daniel Bryan decided to completely obliterate the name. That was a fantastic yeah. segment. I, I would highly recommend anyone go watch that if they haven't seen that. Yeah, not a big D Bryan fan. No, I will get hate for saying neither. that. That's understandable, but it was a very entertaining segment. Well, okay, it's, probably, well, it's probably one of the reasons Talking Smack got cancelled, isn't it? Yeah. Talking yeah. back, talking, being able to talk out against the company on the company's platform, <laughs> and being paid for it. Oh, <laughs> too much, too much creative freedom. Talking Smack was. It worked for Mister. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Rob. Yeah. Who, if they do, let's say, assume that the superstar shakeup is going to happen. Yeah. Who do you think needs a brand switch? And could benefit the most out of it. Uh, after that. I think you'll all be shocked, but Finn Balor. You I know, he would. Big f- he needs to go yeah. SmackDown. I am not a big fan of Finn at all. And other than him being with Gallows and Anderson, he had done nothing. He had done the thing with Bray Wyatt in drag. So it didn't really play out well. Yeah, no, I would send all three of them over there. With AJ, Styles, with AJ Styles, with AJ Styles, yeah. See, I would have agreed with you before he reunited with Gallows and Anderson. Before then, I think SmackDown would have been the right move for him. But now, well, I actually said, I said on this podcast about the Royal Rumble predictions, I wanted him to win, take the club over, and go to SmackDown and challenge AJ. Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I do want. I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of Finn. Um, but I feel like he can. And I'll tell you what as well, Kurt Hawkins, swapping him over. <laughs> they, they, like, generally, I, he needs Swapping him to job on another show. Yeah, <laughs> we would also go? like to shout out the other sponsor of this podcast, Marijuana, clearly. <laughs> 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 just, 
gang, gang, they are they are pushing for him to be like defeated for a while. So if they're going to do it, there's going to be a big outcome. Well, his gimmick yeah, is losing, so how yeah. is him swapping shows going to help him with that gimmick? He's still going to lose. If he swaps gimmicks... We're talking over ourselves. We're talking over ourselves one at a time. Rob, explain your crazy idea. <laughs> so basically, give him someone else to lose to, but start making it more convincing. I mean, he's quite like Kurt Hawkins. No, but who would he lose to him? Oh, whoever. I don't, I don't care. He could lose to the damn ref for all I care. Which, which, it just, which, just, yeah, just yeah, needs to lose. He could lose to the ref on the show he's currently on. Who's gonna, who would you have Kurt Hawkins' first win be against? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't even know what brand to, he's on. I don't either. I was trying it's, to think of that. Needs, <laughs> who would, I don't know. That's a good question, actually. And it has to be like a shock victory as well. I don't want to say like Braun Strowman, but it's yeah. a mega name. Like, he's been there, done that, though. Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He's currently on Raw, but the only way that this streak could get any worse is if someone from the women's division come out and challenged him and put him on his ass. That's not going to be a challenge, is it? She'll do him within 30 seconds. No, I think you could use Ronda. No, here's what'll happen. Ronda'll come out. She'll be talking to the crowd. He's gonna come out, interrupt her, and talk about how he do- she's there to steal his shine or something like that. And he's gonna talk about it's his moment, it's his time, and then she's just gonna fucking put him in an armbar and snap his shit. And do you know? Do you know actually what I'd like? How I'd like him to end it is in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They have Goldberg come out because. Uh, Kurt Hawkins tweeted yesterday he was 157 and 0, and he was going to have a, an autobiography called The Reverse Goldberg Story. And, um, <laughs> and, and I was thinking, what they could do is end the streak and the Andrew the Giant Battle Royal, have Goldberg come out, have Her- Hawkins and Goldberg be the last two, and have Hawkins eliminate Goldberg. But then would that, cla- would that, <laughs> would that count as an official win? Because it isn't normally pinfall or submission, right? Who cares? You won the under the giant battle royal. I'll count yes. it because that's oh, wow. brilliant for other people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it doesn't matter. But I think it has to be a shot factor. Even if, for example, someone like Dean Ambrose is like, it's, you expect Ambrose to win, and even if it's something like a cheeky roll up, pulls the tights. But I think mean, that could elevate him because look, look at Heath Slater. He was a bona fide jobber, and then he yeah, took him a bona fide yeah, but he does it in a good way. Like, he has merch. He's got you kids, know. damn it. He's yeah, got he's kids. Got kids. <laughs> you know, um, but I think someone... I, I want to like Hawkins. I just don't like him. When they first brought him out on SmackDown with a face to facts and he was given... I liked the gimmick, and then it just sort of went downhill straight away. I think build him up and then have him all of a sudden be beaten all the time, then have an odd undefeated streak. So he goes from losing yeah. all the time to all of a sudden winning. And then that builds him up. I think it could work wonders for him. Well, I think though, if he's going to beat someone, it needs to be someone who can uh, like react in such a way of um, like the, the person that's really coming to mind is Jericho. Yeah, is someone someone like Jericho? If he just suddenly shock got beat by someone who has no business beating him, yeah, mm-hmm. Jericho would react in like the perfect way. Yeah, it wouldn't make him look bad. I tell you what, you could have used you Matt Hardy, and that would that. have been the reason no, exactly. to yeah. turn it broken. Uh, where is that storyline gone? Woken <laughs> Matt Hardy. Well, there was one thing that you touched on uh, during that ridiculous rant about Curtis Hawk or Kurt Hawkins, <laughs> right? And uh, that was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our admins have speculated that we might see Big Cass return around then and win it. And I know that Jameson has a take on that. So which Jameson, which admins have speculated that. that Big Cass is going to return and win, by the way? Well, it was just, it's, yeah, it was just, a, basically, it was just a call. Like, I thought there's, there's a lot of talk about him coming back now. And I know the WWE is really, really big on him. Like Vince loves him, uh, loves his big men, and he wants—he was going to push him hugely after the Enzo feud that obviously got cut short. Um, they don't do much with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. It just, for me, made sense that he made a big return at Mania 
and that would be Vince's way of immediate push, really. You've come out with some gems in the past, haven't you, about that? That <laughs> one tops it. <laughs> yes, mate. What do you think? What do you think, Jameson? Um, so, if anyone, well, how would you gonna... how would you have him come back? What Cass? Yeah, uh, how would you I'd have, have him, him come back as uh, not even announced, just suddenly like walk out with Carmella on SmackDown? So one, he's not with her though. To see him. Yeah, they're not. They break up. Oh, uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> and there goes that one. Jameson on the podcast. Listen to me. <laughs> I mean, the only way I can see Cass returning and having an impact is very much the same way that Seth Rollins did and attacked Roman Reigns because that was a show-stopping return. Now, if Cass could do something like that, that would solidify him as a genuine threat and a main eventer because of the shock factor behind it. So... I, I do have a theory that Balor is beating Miz at WrestleMania for the IC title. Yeah, I agree with that. So, next night on Raw, Raw after Mania, if you're going to have Cass make an impact, comes out, takes out Balor, uh, Balor's got Alla, uh, Anderson and Gallows with him, Cass takes out all three. Mm. Goes straight into a feud with Balor for the IC title. Has looked strong on his return by taking out three people. Does he so beat Balor for the title? Look, makes him look big, man. Makes him look strong. And he goes against Balor for the title. I'd, I'd, I'd let, let Balor win the feud and let Balor keep the title. But having Cass come back, take out somebody that everybody loves, you're a heel straight away. So you look well, good. I can strong. already see. I can already see something down the line, and I hope they don't rush to it, but the eventual big Cass-Braun Strowman match. Yeah. Well, now he's now he's kind of gone semi-face. Um, but I've got a question for you then, Jameson. If not that cast idea, who who for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Um, so I have two theories. If somebody is going to return and win the Battle Royal, it's going to be Jeff Hardy. Ooh, okay. good shout. So Jeff is due back soon. Yeah. Um, if anybody's going to shock return in the Battle Royal and win it, it'll be Jeff Hardy. Fair play but, I think the person who is winning the Battle Royal this year is Elias. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Just... Elias currently going into Mania doesn't really have Obviously. a story. Mm. Um, so he's currently in and around the main event. Um, he's had some, some matches with Cena, but Cena's possibly facing The Undertaker. Uh, Elias isn't winning the Chamber because Roman is going to. Uh, I don't see Elias versus Braun as a WrestleMania match. That'll draw. So I think what they're going to do is have Elias win the Battle Royal. It it's a big WrestleMania moment for him. Which the way that the way that he's come up from NXT, he was okay in NXT. When he came up to Raw, I thought it's a really weird call up. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's easily became one of the best things on the whole show. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, a big WrestleMania moment. I don't agree yeah. that at the moment winning the Battle Royal is actually a worthy WrestleMania moment. It's... I, I will say, I'll say, sorry, just one thing. I know it's not, but they, they want it to be. They That's do. The they do. And the they reason... Plan to, they plan to put it on the main show this year. Yeah, and the reason for that is because WWE is working with the big producer for an Andre the Giant yeah. documentary this year. So they're looking uh, to bring it. Looks fantastic. HBO. It's it fantastic. does, yeah. Absolutely looks fantastic. So what I have heard is that WWE is planning to book Goldberg to win the Battle Royal, and that will help elevate the prestige of the Battle Royal. How? I mean, uh, yeah, it, I don't, I, I'm not saying that idea wouldn't happen, but surely the idea that the principle of the, the tournament was to propel someone. I know it doesn't. I know it's basically just a throwaway tournament, but the idea is meant to be that someone can use it for the next few months, like the King of the Ring. You know, I'm the Andre the Joint, but I'm a winner. Yeah, but the, yes. the theory behind it is it allows, it pushes someone. It's meant to be that push for a, the talent. Like Elias is a perfect example of that. It's meant to be something that he can then use for the next six months in his concerts with having the Andre the Joint Battle Royal Trophy next to him and it's his title, you know, without having a title. 
but pushes him into. Whilst that's the general theory of the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal, has that actually happened for any of the winners since it come into force? Well, Rob's favorite wrestler, Mojo Rally. Rob, tell us about how he did with it. Oh, he, he done marvelous. <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, obviously, you had the the bad booking for it. I tell you what, though, what I do want to say. Yeah. Was although I'm a bit, I'm quite a fan of Mojo. Um, whoever wins the the battle royal, I feel like the next pay per view, Raw or SmackDown, whoever wins it, whatever superstar it is on either show, should get, instantly get a title match on the next pay per view because then they've got a full month to then build from Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. So let's say for example Nakamura wins it at Mania, right? They've then got a yeah. month. I mean, for, to build the whole now, story of why I'm worthy and build it I like, up, even if it just I gets like that, a little push. I like mm-hmm. that idea that they could also get, besides for just winning the trophy, that they also win a title shot yeah. at a future. They need to I do, do like something. That. that would yeah, make yeah, it more... Something like that would elevate it. Uh, it, would be a, it would be the king... Well, I mean, that's essentially what the king of the ring, of the ring. for a short period yeah. was. That's how they elevated Brock Lesnar um, yeah, yeah. In, into the first year, was have him win the king of the ring and get a his agent negotiating a title shot for him in the next pay-per-view. And yes, it, ge- it instantly gave him, knowing that that tournament was going to get you a title shot, instantly gave it prestige. Mm. I, I'd argue that the King of the Ring never had the prestige it did except that year, really. Um, it, I mean, in early years, it did actually propel people. But kind of yeah. in later years, you just had the people calling themselves King, like King Sheamus. Um, King Booker, it did kind of help a bit propel his character in the WWE, which he didn't really have. But for the last few King of the Rings, it's literally just been a case of them putting the name King at the start uh, and doing yeah. nothing with it, with like William Regal and Sheamus. I mean, let's look like, at the last four winners. So obviously Mojo Rawley won uh, WrestleMania 33. <laughs> the year Baron before, Corbin. Baron Corbin, WrestleMania 32. Didn't really propel him anywhere. Yeah. Big show. Yeah, you, could argue, you, could argue, you could argue that they, it did. So I don't Baron think Corbin did. won the Money in the Bank United States title. Is it US title, yeah. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that the Battle Royal propelled him to that, did it? I think no. the battle ro- the year he had the Battle Royal, he had a really terrible year, and it was only the year after he won the Money in the Bank and then went on to yeah. become a US champion. You get, so I don't yeah, think the Battle Royal had anything to do with it. So you get you with me one more time, hmm? and I'm going to fly on down to Australia and whoop your little wallaby ass. <laughs> <laughs> but like on that point, OC, um, nobody who won the Battle Royal was over at the time that they won the Battle Royal. Uh-huh. Elias is crazy over. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Let me counter that. Elias win it. Cesaro won it at WrestleMania 30. I'm pretty sure he was relatively over when he won it. He was one half of the real Americans when he won it. Yeah, he, the, he, he was, but he was yeah. over compared to the other three. He, the real he Americans was, were he, not he, over. Yeah, he was mm. over. Cesaro over, which was yeah. you know the indie fans over. Like he got a pop at WrestleMania and everything. But he wouldn't get a pop on a standard Raw. He wasn't. They, they weren't over as a tag team, and and he he left it the day after, I think, to absolutely yeah. no fanfare whatsoever mm. to prove how little it mattered. Mm. So like Fair as point. I was saying, obviously Elias is over. I think having Elias win it while he's this over, he has no like big storyline going into WrestleMania. And what I think is having him win it. While he is this over, having him, as Shock said, do his concerts with the trophy sat there, um, it will bring more prestige to the trophy and to the Battle Royal than any previous winner will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I see because of the difficult timing for the Miz on the approach to WrestleMania. I mean, Marissa's due to drop any day before WrestleMania. I think if they want Balor to be intercontinental champion they're going to need to do it before Wrestlemania because the risk of him actually getting the match at Wrestlemania is very high to not happen so I think the better thing to do would be for Balor and Elias to start a feud on the back of Elimination Chamber just plant the seed have one eliminate the other yeah exactly just plant the seed for a future feud okay and also we plant a similar seed between Balor and the Miz in the Elimination Chamber. Eliminate them. Almost so they have a backup. Yeah. 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 And then Miz, yeah, I, I Miz and 
Balor enter into a schedule which leads to Balor ultimately taking the title because Balor is more guaranteed to have a match at WrestleMania because he hasn't got that outside commitment. And then he can enter into a storyline with Elias. And then you've got the two of them entering into a WrestleMania feud where the two of them will have their WrestleMania moments. And you'll have Elias versus Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. I think that'll be a great match. I think that'll be booked very well as well. Yeah, I think that yeah, makes true. perfect sense. I just, I, I don't think they would have Miz disinvolved in WrestleMania season unless he had already given them some kind of guarantees that he'll be at WrestleMania, though. But can he give That's that guarantee, my, though, with Morris being I, due to yeah, give birth? I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I just don't think they'd have him as involved as he currently is. Mm. You know, he's got the Intercontinental title, he's in the number one contender match for the world title, he's pretty much hosts every major angle on Miz TV, he's pretty much the, a large part of Raw every week. Yeah. Um, I just don't think they would have him such a huge part of the storyline unless they had some kind of guarantee from him that he will make sure that he's going to be at WrestleMania. As yeah. you said, I have no idea how that's possible, but I just think from Vince's point of view, they wouldn't risk such a such a big part of WrestleMania build-up mm. to someone that wouldn't be there. I just think they're utilising him as whilst he's about. I mean, him going on leave for the birth of his daughter isn't going to be a long series of events is it i mean he'll literally be off for wrestlemania and be back probably in time for the following raw if not the week after so i don't think we're looking at a big gap um because at the end of the day he's on a full-time schedule and he'll he'll be allocated a little bit of time to have as parental leave or whatever you want to call it but at the end of the day he, he is going to have some time off for maris giving birth um, yeah. and unfortunately it is timed very very closely to WrestleMania, so I just think it's a case of I, I just think they're utilising Miz as much as they can whilst he's about. Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, Shame how, on him for having a family. I know having family, <laughs> having families around wrestling, it's just shame, shame all around. God damn it. <laughs> well, guys, anybody else have any other topics that you'd like to touch on while we're all here together? I got one more for you. So this past week. Uh, Thursday of this week just gone marks the 14th anniversary of Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar at No Way Out for the WWE Championship. Uh, it's no secret that Eddie Guerrero is my favorite of all time. Always has been. And, I can tell by uh, your uh, hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell my hashtag, of course. Jericho's a close second, all right? Um... I will put you in an armbar. Come do it, boy. <laughs> God, so, I got Piper over here. Get your ass beat. So my, my point is, uh, obviously, Brock Lesnar at that time was built pretty much the same way he is right now. Like a brick uh, unstoppable, unstoppable beast. Um, he had beaten The Rock for his first WWE title. He had nearly killed himself at WrestleMania and still managed to beat Angle. He had retired Hulk Hogan and bloodied him. Uh, and then you had someone the stature of Eddie Guerrero had beat him for the WWE title. Um, there was shenanigans. It's Eddie Guerrero. It's expected. Um, so my point is, would you ever see something like that happen with someone like a Brock Lesnar in this day and age? No, I think it's too damaging to the WWE in their opinion. <clears throat> I think, like you said, it's one of the be like a great moment in wrestling. The emotion behind it, I think, it's the most emotion I've ever seen Michael Cole put on the mic, um, and that the announced team, everything was perfect. It was, you know, it it was one of the 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 best things because it just it was so. Even though Brock, obviously, the next month he was leaving at the time, yeah. it was so unexpected that he would do it. Um, and I don't think WWE would ever make a risk like that. Well, look, let's be honest here, okay? It's no secret Brock is going to leave the WWE when his contract is up. He's made no secret about that. He is going back to the UFC. So he's eventually going to have to drop that universal title to somebody. Would that would Finn Balor beating him be of the same type of stature? <clears throat> I think Seth Rollins. It, it would it would be a similar stature for Finn Balor to do it. I just don't think they would pull the plug on that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be Roman Robert. Reigns. It's going to be a safe bet. The only way uh, I see Balor winning against Brock Lesnar is if there's interference from Gallows and Anderson and he's in his demon gimmick. The only yeah. way I see it happening, I don't see it happening on a one-on-one basis or even as, as just demon on his own. I, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't I think, think there'd be interference with the demon. I don't think they'd cheapen no. the demon. No. I, think, well, I know, um, I don't think they would either, but that's the only logical way I can see it happening. You know, yeah, if you yeah. see what I mean, I'm not saying that that's what would yeah, happen no, because they, they would we protect the dumb people. We don't operate on logic, baby. We operate on magic. <laughs> <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Um, Dark arts, baby. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, I think <laughs> I think I think Finn Balor would be the the stature of Eddie Guerrero. But I don't. I just don't think that they would ever pull the plug in it without no. interference. I mean, in my opinion, they had the opportunity because the match he had with AJ was arguably Brock Lesnar's best match in this this period of his WWE career. And um, and even a non-title, they didn't have AJ pull out the win. Then that would have yeah. been the perfect opportunity to have that moment with a smaller wrestler going yeah. over Brock, and they didn't yeah. take the they didn't pull AJ. the plug on it. I, I, AJ would be a good shout, but that I wouldn't compare AJ. That's fair, but I just think would Brock be willing to work the same way with Finn as he did with AJ? Because he really liked AJ a lot. I don't think he would yeah. because although although in ring they have um, you know there, there are obviously clear differences. Finn Balor in a weight class is still considered to be a cruiserweight. AJ, yeah, on the other is. hand, isn't. AJ is yeah. technically a heavyweight contender. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's a very good point. Is that I think Brock Lesnar always says this thing about realism, doesn't he? He doesn't want to nowadays because of his reputation, because of the UFC, he doesn't want to be made to look weak. Mm. Um, and, and I think what you saw with AJ was him give as much leeway as he'd ever give in yeah. this day and age to someone to make them look good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you're completely dead on with um, with Finn Balor. He probably wouldn't go that far to have a guy that would weigh 190 pounds. That's fair. And AJ <laughs> is, I mean, let's he's undeniable. I mean, anybody, even that a non or just like a casual wrestling fan or somebody that doesn't or hasn't watched in years can watch a recent AJ Styles match and recognize the amount that of talent that's there. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he's well, got something he, about him. He is noted. phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's not just a pun. Pun well and truly intended. I don't know who it was, but someone in one of the chats the other day said that he could make a match with a broom look good. And, you know, that's that was you, was it? Uh, that was me. That was Jameson. And, you know, there's some truth to that. There is some real truth to that statement that, you know, he has yeah. the capabilities of drawing out the best quality matches out of any superstar. He really does. Is it true that you once disguised a broom as your date for a school dance, Jameson? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I have nothing to do with a broom. OC, on the other hand, rode one to this podcast. <laughs> OC knows about that, about just mopping with that mop on top, boy. I'm not such a mop anymore, man. I've, it's It's got a little bit left length now. But... You could wax a floor with that mop, boy. <laughs> Why are you waxing uh, floors with mops, mate? I mean, that's just not what you use a mop for. Yeah, you wax floors with mops. Are you kidding me? No, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, you do. He does not use a mop to do the car, You mop a floor. You use it to clean a floor with water. You don't wax a floor. Okay, you know what? This is not uh, passion for mopping. This is passion for wrestling. (laughs) Let's stick to the wrestling. Let's take it back. Let's take it back. As I said a minute ago, uh, Brock and AJ was probably Brock's best match of this run. And I completely agree and say that you'd have to go back to his SummerSlam match against CM Punk. I was about to say that. Find a match as good. Mm. Yeah. And that's right. CM Punk. I'm hunting the using the punk word. I I did think that Brock put on a good match in that Fatal 4-Way, though. I thought that was quite a good match. What was it? Um... Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, um, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. I thought that was a good match. Better quality out of Brock Lesnar than perhaps some of his others yeah. in this last run. The the fact that Brock was taken away on a stretcher mm. at one point was 
weird to see. Yeah, it was. But it was sold in the right direction, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what his last uh, few months in WWE are like. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Paul. I've, I mean, do we, do, we, do we definitely think he's going, then? Does everyone agree? I've actually going? heard that... Um, Heyman afterwards? He's, he's going to lose the title to Reigns at WrestleMania. That's kind of a given. But... Yeah. There's also very strong indication. Oh, we seem to have lost Slug. What a shame. Yeah, Ladies okay. and gentlemen, your podcast has just increased by 50% entertainment value. Um, <laughs> oh, no, he's back. Sorry. Take that back. Take no. that back. It's just um, decreased again. It's by just 50%. decreased. Um, but it's pretty much a given that Lesnar is going to lose two reigns at WrestleMania. The feud's been built for a long period of time. This is what Vince yep. has been having wet dreams about for years. It's going to happen. But. Bobby Lashley has allegedly signed his contract for WWE back in January, and they are now deciding when the best time to introduce him, well, reintroduce him to the WWE roster. Now, it's a bit of a dream match for Brock Lesnar to take Bobby Lashley on. It's something that has been very highly sought after for a long time. Lesnar isn't long for WWE after WrestleMania. His contract's due to expire a couple of months down the line. That's just enough time for one final feud. The logical choice here is has got to be Bobby Lashley. Do you think he would though? I mean, they're I both, say I've they're never both. had this dream. They're, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, I know, I know what OC's thinking because Bobby Lashley's uh, introduction into WWE seems to be very much when Brock Lesnar had left, uh-huh. and it was very much seeming that he was going. He was basically pushed as Brock Lesnar's replacement in every way to the, to the at the beginning, and it just didn't take off really like Brock Lesnar's did, uh-huh. and it fell down. So I, I completely see where you're coming from. My view on it is: Do you? Would Brock Lesnar do that? Because there was also a lot of talk previously about them having an MMA fight. Now, my my point would be: Would Brock want the the surrounding uh, talk of his MMA future be kind of shroud, uh, you know, under a cloud that he'd lost to Bobby Lashley, whether it be fake or not fake? He's then going into a where Bobby Lashley is also an active MMA fighter, and uh, he's going under a loss to Bobby Lashley. So. I think he will, because Lesnar, at the end of the day, knows what is going to sell. And he is very uh, professional, it must be said. I Brock think Lesnar that, doesn't... if anything, this could reimagine another Lesnar-Goldberg feud. If you see what I mean? Yeah. Goldberg had the win over Lesnar. A very similar start to a storyline could take place between him and Bobby Lashley. Now, Lesnar is going to come back to WWE in the future. He is so close to Vince McMahon, you could literally see him out of Vince's ass. They're so close. So the likelihood of him coming back in the future is essentially inevitable. It's going to happen. It's a matter of when, and that when will be once his UFC days are over and Brock is in need of a paycheck. So Lesnar is going to come back. Lashley seems to be at WWE for the long haul. So, who's to say that he won't lose this, then lead to a return in a couple of years' time, and then have a, a second and a third match, much like he did with Goldberg this year, uh, last year? If Lesnar, lose, uh, if Lesnar leaves, where does that leave Paul Heyman? So that, that's, another, that's been another topic of conversation, hasn't it, this week? Uh, um, rumours of Roman... I mean, the Roman Reigns rumours, I think... Uh, uh, take take a pinch of salt with you know I don't think that's true, but uh, the Ronda Rousey one makes a lot of sense because Ronda doesn't strike that's me as a fantastic good. promo person, and I think pairing her with Roman would be a really good idea. I think both have a lot of logic behind them. If I'm honest, um, like you say, shock for Ronda, she has no promo skills. Um, this will be essentially <laughs> her her debut in the WWE without any prior experience on a mic. So Heyman being there to help get her over is going to be a great benefit. Reigns isn't particularly well known for his promo skills either, if we're going to be completely honest. I mean, he has 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 got some experience and he has pulled off a couple of good promos. But let's look at the last 12 months. He got completely obliterated by Cena. I know Cena helped him with the promo, but he still looked like he was a duck out of water. He 
he struggled as far as I'm concerned for that. He looked like he was a big bag of suffering succotash. Exactly. You know, I it's think. Racist. I think Heyman. Oh, that's a Roman Reigns quote. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was we will, horrible. We we're not going to stand for this racist chatter. <laughs> I think Heyman would help propel Reigns in the right direction. I really do. I what think if a better client for Paul Heyman than Roman Reigns? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, how does how does Heyman and Reigns work though? Because they want Roman over as the top baby face, and he is he's a heel manager. Even though he does get pops of Brock Lesnar, he, he's. The heel manager, you know, he's... He is, but Reigns has been very 50-50 as of late, so he can still benefit from Heyman without having to turn fully heel, as far as I'm concerned. He he is very 50-50, but that isn't... The WWE seem to be ignorant to that fact. They they won't acknowledge that Roman Reigns is 50-50. He is the top babyface. He is effectively what John Cena was. I don't think yeah, that's fair. a Paul Heyman guy. I think we now need a Paul Heyman monster. Braun Strowman. Braun? Braun and Paul. Braun's great on a promo, though. He's good on promos. But As we've seen this Braun. past Monday, how great was that promo with him and Elias? That was great. That, that was, was great. Amazing. Almost was, as great uh, as this podcast has been. That's I was going to say. Braun is all about that base. <laughs> What if um, we was to have a birth of a Heyman family? Oh, what? So it would be... Who's Paul going to impregnate? Yeah. Like a dangerous alliance. Yeah. Paul, put so it away. Like, put it away. Paul Heyman and Nia Jax. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Roman Reigns. Maybe the Usos. Just no, something. The revival. I like the revival. I don't like the revival. The revival with Paul Heyman. Yeah, I, I mean it'll work though. That's, that's yes, very dangerous like that. No, I, I think that would need to if you're going to have Paul Heyman do that for a tag team, then he's going to need to wait for War Machine to make their main debut from the from NXT to the main roster. Yeah, yeah, but something like that could happen. I think Jameson's there shaking his head. No, please no, no, no. <laughs> the revival, they're top guys. The revival don't need a mouthpiece. Let's be honest. The revival are very capable on the mic. You, they don't need Paul Heyman. I've seen that slug. What about um? What about Authors of Pain? I mean, I, I, my assumption is is that Paul Ellering won't travel with them when, if they come up to the main roster. I mean, See, I, 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 I feel like maybe that's why he's in NXT. Do you think maybe they replace Paul Ellering with Paul Heyman? AOP, aka the ISIS Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Teenage Mutant ISIS Turtles. That's what they look you like. Cannot say well, that. <laughs> the podcast just hit an all-time low. That wild. <laughs> yeah, oh. was, what about when Shock ran down all of women's wrestling? <laughs> I still think <laughs> what you just said is worse. It <laughs> is. I spoke about women's wrestling. You spoke about terrorism. <laughs> In total form. I'm just saying that's what they look like when they come out. Right, they look like we're just gonna we're just gonna quickly skip past this bit. <laughs> we'll edit that we'll out in post. <laughs> <laughs> No, we won't. For UOC. That's, uh, that's going to stay in. I'm going to have everybody know just how much of a stereotype you are. Yeah. <laughs> Filth. So, we don't reckon Paul Ellering will travel with the authors of pain. That, no. My theory is, is that he's not... I mean, he hasn't been on the road for years. So do you not do you not think he's only... I, don't, I honestly don't know his deal with the authors of pain or NXT. I kind of assumed it was because he's around the Orlando area and he's doing something for Triple H in the Performance Center, and it's just taken off. And I assumed that Paul Ellering won't go back on the road with AOP. So he... Will AOP be AOP without him? I mean, I don't does... think they will. What does he do? He kind of points forward and lets them walk forward to the ring. But he is... That's the, that's the genius of it. He, <laughs> he is the Paul Heyman to Brock Lesnar. You know, he has that relationship with AOP. Yeah, so you, uh, as long as he doesn't find that bloody dummy, <laughs> we do not need to see Rocco. <laughs> but yeah, I, oh, I, I'm sorry. It, I noticed it, I, said, I said dummy and slug loved. Uh, <laughs> I think it'd be a good idea to have AOP debut, have some kind of thing writing off Paul Ellering and them signing with Paul Heyman, possibly. Um, if, if from, in my opinion, they need a manager if they're, they're going to get called up. So if Paul Ellering yeah. isn't 
do well, it. They need someone to be their mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Fair play to that. We could, they could uh, have a string of losses as they leave NXT, and they could blame him. And then Paul Heyman could come in, hand him his card, and say, "Hey, I can take you to the next level." And then that would make sense. They would fire him and move on to the next advocate. And I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Well, um, there's that. Or I, I hear Enzo Amore is pretty free at the minute, so there's there's an alternative. Um, just fair. in case AOP are listening, um, yeah. maybe they get a female valet. <laughs> they're going to call maybe. you then, Slug. Well, I was. Oh no, I'm Lana, but I'm all 100% over here. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Lana, you said Lana. But uh, yeah, say Lana. Uh, on that note, um, does anybody else have any uh, <laughs> topics that they would like to cover, or do you guys want to call it a wrap on this podcast? I think we'll call it for a wrap because we could talk for hours, but. You know, we could we could Absolutely. talk for hours, and we can still only see half of Rob's head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And the <laughs> listeners unfortunately no, no. can't see any of this, but you can hear it across numerous platforms. OC, go ahead and let the people know where they can find the podcast for future reference. Absolutely. So you will be able to find it on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is Passion for Wrestling. You'll also be able to find it on our SoundCloud account. And also find it on the Apple Podcast account, and I believe anywhere else that uses um, Apple's database for podcasts, you'll be able to find it as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm curious because I use a lot of different social media platforms daily. Now, what if I'm on like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? Would I be able to find you guys across all platforms? You absolutely would. So for those of you who would like to follow us on Facebook, we do have our main Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash P4Wrestling. We also have the Wolfpack page now, which is uh, P4W underscore Wolfpack. It's an up-and-coming page, which more of the Passion for Wrestling content that you all love so much. We do also have the Twitter account, which is... I believe, uh, let me just double check that one because I want to make sure I get it right, which is at P4W Wolfpack. And we also have the Instagram page, which is uh, P4W underscore Wolfpack. So there's a lot of channels for you to follow. Make sure you like, subscribe, and add all of them. We also have that sensual love courtesy of Robbie Sex. I'd like to also point that out for any of you out there that are into the dark arts and wandering them forests and just need a cozy, cozy home to come back to. That's Robbie Sex for that <laughs> sensual love, brother. Onward. Mm, and well, just uh, if, thank, if, thank anyone is, if anyone is interested in that sensual love, I, I do have Rob's business card. So if you send me a quick <laughs> message, I'm happy to send a copy gang. of it out. Gang, gang, boy. <laughs> You can also be found at your local Kane sex clinic, I hear, as well. Yeah, and lots of uh, telephone booze as well. I think there's business cards (laughs) stuck up on the wall in there as well. So check your telephone boxes, you'll find something. If you do want one, OC will magic one across to you. (laughs) Yes, he will. I would like to thank all of you guys for being here today. Thank you, Anarchus. We do hope to see you... uh, on all the podcasts from now on, hopefully you don't uh, get punished to that covered underneath staircase anymore. <laughs> I'm not even going to also, acknowledge as I that. Said, sensual love, Robbie Sex. Uh, Jameson, thank you for your first ever appearance on uh, the podcast. And as usual, Shockmaster, hope to see you on all the future uh, podcasts with all those hot, hot takes. <laughs> that's that's the enthusiasm yeah. we love and need. I guess we can finally we can finally get to it. Uh, Jameson, why don't you share your special announcement? See, this is new. It to doesn't me. matter what your special <laughs> announcement is, boy. Go ahead and hit that music. Sign us out of here. Thank you for joining us. Have a too sweet day. Woo!